Welcome to the Known Parent Podcast. This podcast is presented to you by your friends at LifeWay Student Ministry. We want to help you lead your teenagers to know God, own their faith, and make their faith known. You can learn more about LifeWay Student Ministry at www.lifeway.com students. Your hosts for the Known Parent Podcast are Rick Prawl and Mike Wakefield from Student Ministry Publishing at LifeWay. Rick has a son and daughter in college, and Mike has a daughter in college and a son in high school. In addition to being parents of teenagers, both Rick and Mike have experience in student ministry, church staff ministry, and ministry through student ministry publishing. Let's join Rick and Mike as they share their experiences related to the topic for parents and teenagers addressed in this month's Known Study. Welcome to another episode of our Known Parent Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Rick Prawl. Down at the other end of the table, I've got... Mike Wakefield. Hey, Rick. (laughs) Mike, how are you doing today? I'm good. Good. Mike, uh, tell us a little bit... uh, about our guest for this month, and uh, let's get him in here. Well, okay. We're uh, glad to have Lynn Pryor with us Woo-hoo. in the studio today. Lynn is a co-worker here with us in Student Ministry Publishing. Lynn, won't you tell uh, our folks out there listening, our parents that are listening, what you do here at Student Ministry Publishing, and tell us a little bit about your family, too. Okay, thanks, Mike. Well, in addition to being your carpool buddy every exactly. day, uh, I do, I'm a project leader here in Student Publishing at Lifeway. In particular, I work on several products, but I think the one that's probably most interest of, uh, to those who use Known is uh, I work with the team that does Living with Teenagers, mm-hmm. uh, the magazine, which is for parents. There you go. Um, and has a, one of the things I really like about it is a strong known connection to the Bible study. For instance, this month there is an article in there related to this, the topic we're going to be talking about mm-hmm. today. Uh, and it's just, it just kind of builds off what the students uh, are talking about in their, in their classrooms. But it gives us as a parents a, a, just an additional resource to be talking about that topic. Right. Well, and then tell us a little bit about your family. Uh, okay. Parents, My wife and I have two sons, both young adults, uh, 20, ages 23 and 25. Are they college students? Well, it depends on what time you ask. <laughs> they're kinda, they're uh, sort of in and out of school, and um, but they're great kids. Enjoy enjoy right. my family. So you've made it through the teenage years, but you're still active in this whole parenting thing. And Yes, and for those who are familiar with the, the issue of, you know, I think the term is youthhood. Adult, I mean, it's teenagers who don't quite want to leave adolescents, even though they're 20, 21. We hear about these cultural things. Right. I live in this world okay. with a 23-year-old <laughs> and a 25-year-old who's still n- not quite ready to kind of jump out there yet. Right. So it's, it makes some interesting conversations. Well, as we get into this month of study, uh, we brought Lynn in because uh, we we believe that he can help us talk to you as parents about this topic that we're looking at this month. Our unit of study is called Defending the Faith, and what we're looking at is this idea of apologetics. And I guess a good place to stop is right here. And just as parents, what is apologetics? Uh, Lynn, how would you describe that to parents who are listening to this and have no clue what apologetics is even about? Well, we should clarify what it's not. It's not teaching your teenager how to apologize. Which they could use that, though. They, they, they could. <laughs> Some of our kids need to know that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. But to take it to its most basic level, it's really the idea of defending your faith. It's, a, in the, the apology, it's an old Greek term, actually. Just uh, There was a legal – in their legal system, there were two sides. You know, Those of you all who watch um, you know, any crime show on TV know there's a prosecution and a defense. Mm-hmm. The prosecution brought what was called the, the – I think I'm going to say this right – the categoria. Mm-hmm. The defense brought the apologia. And so um, – prosecution and defense. So what we have here is we're just a defense of the faith. Paul even used this term uh, 
Acts 26, he was before King Agrippa. And he says, basically, thank you for letting me have this chance to defend. Mm-hmm. And he didn't use the word defend my faith, but defend who I am and basically show who I am and why I am in the state I'm in today. Mm-hmm. So it's really a connection with knowing, defending our faith in the sense of knowing what I believe and being able to communicate why I believe that to other people. That's good. And one of the things that we talk about in this unit of study with your kids is that, you know, it's the idea of this this argued defense, which is, uh, again, as Lynn has mentioned, a defense of the faith. It's not arguing. Um, right. And a lot of times, I think for a lot of our students and probably even a lot of us as adults, when we begin to talk about an argued defense or apologetics, our walls go up because it sounds like a, a big, huge, scary thing. It's like, man, I I can't do that. I can't stand and defend my faith. And that's kind of the point of this whole study mm-hmm. is helping your kids, helping your students understand this process. We go through questions in the Bible study. How can I defend my faith? Why do I need to defend my faith? What does it take to defend my faith? And what do I do with all this apologetic stuff? And then we balance that. If your church is using the midweek portion of known, we get into specific questions that we often are called to defend and present an argued defense for of, you know, how can I know God exists? What's so special about Jesus? Why do we need a Savior? And if God is good, why is there all this evil and suffering in the world? That's where apologetics really comes in. Um, Mike, what are some, some tools that parents can turn to to find some help in this whole area of apologetics, besides the Bible study resources we provided? Well, that's a good place to start, is the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good place. Um, And um, they're going to have to do some... I'm just trying to think, because that's a good question. I really wasn't expecting that question, Rick, but now I have to think about that a little bit. Where where can they learn some of those things? A couple of websites that that are really good to give some uh, good information. Uh, One website that's uh, produced by NAM. Uh, the North American Mission Board is called fortruth.net, uh, which is the number four, T-R-U-T-H dot net. There's some incredible information there about different faiths not and, and about our faith, about what we believe, uh, what the Christian faith is all about, and what other, other religions believe. Religions like uh, Islam, Hinduism, those kinds of things, and cults uh, that are out there. So it kind of gives you some information to, to say, okay, here's what we believe, here's what they believe, and how does that work together. So that's a, a, a really good website. And the other website is um, the, it's the initial C-A-R-M, which is Christian Apologetics and Research Ministry or something like that. I just know C-A-R-M. If you type in, if you Google C-A-R-M, it'll come up. But that also has some really good information from a, from a good biblical worldview, good conservative bi- biblical worldview. Right. Now it's CARM.org, O-R-G go. at the end of that. All right. So, uh, Lynn, from your point of view and some of the work that you've done with this, where are some other resources that parents could turn to? Well, of course, there are a lot of books out there to read. You just uh, do an Amazon or a, a, any kind of a bookstore search under apologetics. There are some good resources to read. i got to tell you, though, the, the, my favorite one I just read a couple of years ago, some of you uh, Timothy Keller, and my mind just went blank. Uh, defense, someone help me out here. Defense for God. <laughs> We're stuck too. <laughs> That's right. Okay. But Timothy Keller, who wrote the book Prodigal God, has written this book. And what I like about this apologetics approach most apologetics books you read are written to a Christian mm-hmm. to understand this is this is why we believe what we believe. Keller wrote his book to it's a, a re, the the reason for God. That's the name of the yes, book. Yes, that's it. The reason for God. He wrote it to the unbeliever, mm-hmm. which is a great uh, a great twist on it mm-hmm. because once again, most books do not take that. They they're more the other books are good. They're equipping us. 
He went straight to the one who's asking the questions. And uh, there's some uh, there's some good sites, like some good books out there like that. I think we need to read. Uh, Rick, if I can just we can tackle this for a minute. The the reason for this study, why I think it's important. Most of us never question our own faith. Right. Mm-hmm. Students do not question their faith. And if 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 you're listening to this, and, and many of us have raised our kids in the church from you know day one. They've just always heard about Jesus. They've always heard about God the Father. They've they've even heard terms like the Trinity and all those you know the, all our theological things, and they never really think about it. My concern is so many of them they don't think about it till they leave home. They go off into the military and they're surrounded by uh, men, women with other worldviews. They go to college. They sit in a, a, a freshman English class, a philosophy class, or something. All of a sudden, they're hit with these. Wait a minute! Not everyone mm. believes like I do, and right. and they question why do you believe what you believe, and they just have that deer in the headlights look. Now, I've even tried this with with students as high school students, where we're going to do some apologetics things, and I say I'm going to be the devil's advocate mm-hmm. for the for the next uh, little bit. I don't believe in God, so tell me why there's a God. Mm. And they just and and they stare at me. Mm-hmm. And, and my point is not to show what they don't know, but to kind of get their eyes open to the fact. There are reasons we can believe what we believe. It's not just, well, I accept it by faith. There's really reasons for that, that, that we can stand and defend our faith. So, well, and that's, you know, you mentioned the, the idea that, that living out what we believe, I mean, that's really the point of our faith, and that's the point of apologetics, is that if, if I really believe this, and it goes back to what you said, I need to figure out what I believe and why, but if I really believe this, it should impact the way that I live my life. It should impact the way that I speak, the way that I act, the way that I interact with folks. And then that helps us get to that point when we're confronted with all these different worldviews, uh, as you mentioned, in college, um, you know, in the world, in the workplace, in the military, even in high school, yeah. you know, all the different things that they're surrounded with, that I can come back to a defense of my faith that, man, I believe that Jesus is God's son because, and because of that, it's made this difference in my life. You know, coming back to that question of, you know, why do I need to defend my faith? Because there are so many other different belief systems out there and worldviews that sound really good. You know, we talked in our material uh, in this month about, you know, the the new world translation of the Bible uh, that the Jehovah Witnesses use that for all you know, practical purposes, you look at it, just a real quick look, it's like, ah, that looks like Scripture, that looks like the Bible, until you begin to dig in and, and words are changed and ideas are changed. And it sounds Christian on the front end, but when you really begin to dig in, it's a twist it's of that subtle. truth. It's very yeah. subtle. So, Yeah, that's the thing. I, I think that sometimes we look at it and we go, well, you need to be able to defend your faith or to understand your faith because of these big gaps. I call them big gaps of where my faith is here and this other faith, and it's a, a big difference. And I don't know that the big differences are the problems anymore as much as you mm. say. There's such a mush up of all kinds of beliefs now, and it kind of kind of sounds right. And and we live with students in this in this age where you know they hold conflicting things, and it's not a big deal for them to you know hold conflicting beliefs. Or this age of you know tolerance, quote unquote, you know where we're supposed to kind of everybody's okay and every religion's all right, and as long as you're sincere and all those kinds of things. Well, we need to help our students in this day and time to be able to stand up and go, you know what? No, that's not right. This is what's right, and this is what's truth. And I and I agree, you know, they get into college. But as you said, Rick, I, I know just from my own children, you know, they've been confronted with that in high school. 
uh, in their classrooms and some of those kinds of things. So, and they live in the world. And, and I've said this before on, on the parent podcast, you know, my daughter, when she was in high school, she had a Hindu friend, a Mormon friend, a Jewish friend and an atheist friend, you know? Mm-hmm. So she was just all around her was those people of very different worldviews and very different beliefs. So they need to be well-grounded. Mike, did you, or, or Rick, did you guys ever question your faith? Because I know y'all y'all been a Christian since you were kids. Yeah, long time, long time. Not I really didn't. You know, I had a, grew up in a very. You know, my father's a pastor, so grew up in a very Christian home and uh, strong beliefs. Went to a Christian school. You know, uh, as in college, went to to college, a Christian college. So never at any time really have I doubted or what I believed or questioned that. So. I just think, and maybe that's the thing for us as some of us parents to realize, maybe we didn't really grow up in that kind of a of a time, but the uh, world's definitely changed a little bit. Sure has. Well, I grew up, you know, became a Christian at nine years old and, and grew up in a, uh, you know, in a church environment uh, and felt a call on my life, you know, as a teenager to ministry. Um, didn't didn't surrender to that, didn't accept that right on the front end. But when I went to college, I went to, like Mike, went to a Christian college. Um, and there, um, you know, began to explore what God wanted me to do the rest of my life. And, and again, that call was extended and surrendered to ministry. And so I guess the questioning of my faith never took place. For me, it was more coming to the point of, okay, I believe this. Why do I believe this? And, and how can I explain this to other mm-hmm. people? I know there was a, a period of time, especially in those college years, that I knew what I believed, but I couldn't explain it and I couldn't defend it. And I would, I would pull away when there were opportunities to try to defend my faith. It's like, well, I don't know what to say. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not an apologist. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to get into that. And we see, you know, we, this whole thing of apologetics and a lot of movement of, of folks that are moving into this realm of being apologists. And that's that big formal teaching kind of experience. Um, you know, Ravi Zacharias and, and others that, you know, are apologists. But as Christians, we're all called to defend our faith and be able to take mm-hmm. a stand. And I need to, as a Christian, I need to, as a dad, be able to explain what I believe without feeling like I need to be the big apologist, but be able to explain that to my kids, that this is why we're doing things as a family that's different. This is why we're doing this, because this is what we believe, and it's how we're going to live this out, and, and let our kids begin to see that. So, I, you know, again, with Mike, I've not ever really struggled with that that question of my faith, but I know a lot of folks do. But I think that's a, a your own testimony, Rick, is a valid thing, because I share that same idea. Even though I went to a secular university, there became a point in my life where I just began to, well, okay, I know I believe this, but why? Right. And so I just began to read. I mean, I read Josh McDowell. I think right. you know, oh, yeah. you know, there was yeah. evidence that demands a verdict. Of course, yeah. when I read it, it wasn't that old of a book. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty new at that time when we read that. So, uh, and I, I, I think this book's still in print more than a carpenter. Mm-hmm. There's right. one about Jesus, which right. was phenomenal. And for me, it wasn't I was ever doubting, but it gave me a confidence in my faith. So that then down the road, and I was never like, like you were talking about, how do I witness? It was, it was never like, how do I defend this before others? It's more like defending it to myself. Mm-hmm. And I just, it gave me a, a confidence. And then later on the road, down the road, when I did get into ministry, I, I, I could speak more confidently about these things, and then constantly challenge my students to think that through. Why do you believe what you right. believe? And so I, I just want to encourage us as parents, let's deal with it now before it becomes a crisis. Right, right, right. Well, I think even more so today, I mean, it seems like 
Yeah, now for us thinking back to when we were teenagers, that can be a stretch sometimes. Uh, mm-hmm. That, but it doesn't seem like when I was growing up, there was as much extra worldview stuff surrounding us. Um, you know, you know, I went to to school with some kids that were Mormons um, and maybe a couple of Jehovah Witnesses, but you know, our school wasn't you know filled with you know folks that practice Islam and Hindus and, and the, the Wicca, you know, it's a big deal now. And our high schoolers now, our kids are, are completely inundated with that. And then when they go to college, we've talked about that. You know, my, my son's gone to a Christian college, but still is confronted with, with conflicting worldviews um, in the community and, and folks that are there. But my daughter's at a secular university, and, and, you know, we've talked about in the podcast before that, you know, the start of the school year, she's there with her campus crusade booth, and they're talking to students, and right next to them is the gay and lesbian booth, um, you know, and just competing worldviews. And and how can we prepare our kids now while they're students in middle school and high school to be able to to be strong and take that stand when they leave home and go to college? You know, that's one of the questions in here is, you know, why do I need to defend my faith? And the point of that session is that it's our responsibility to make sure God's message is clear. You know, we're all given that command. And again, if we go back to like the Deuteronomy 6 passage to parents that we are to to live this out before our kids we need to be training them how to to take a step take a stand in their faith yeah it's uh it, it is one of those things rick we talk about uh just about every parent podcast that we do that your students are going to pick that up from you and they're going to see are you able to defend your faith are you talking about your faith are you secure in that uh, and then they're going to see that and then i think it's just carrying on those conversations at home take advantage of not just this unit, please take advantage of it during this unit when right. they're talking about this, but take advantage of those conversations to talk about your faith and what you do believe because there are going to be plenty of opportunities uh, when you're, you know, your student comes home and talks about what they did in English class or in their philosophy class or whatever it is, you're going to have plenty of opportunities to say, well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about what, what these folks believe or see something on the news or, you know, there's just plenty of opportunity, plenty of open doors to have those kinds of conversation. But it's like, you know, Lynn was talking about it, And if, if you're not comfortable in that, then you're not, you're going to avoid those conversations. You know, if you don't, if you're not comfortable in what you believe, and if you don't do that for yourself to know what you believe, then you're not going to want to have those conversations because you're not going to be able to answer those questions. Sure. So first thing is 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 do some of these, read some of the books that we've talked about. Go to these websites if you're unsure. Begin to search the scriptures for yourself so that you have a good understanding so that you can talk with your student about it. And I do think it's valuable to have open conversations now with your kids. Mm-hmm. Do not assume that they're getting it just because they live in a Christian home or. They're they're regular, active in their church and in their youth group. My twenty three year old son, because I made those assumptions, you know, we just we we never had these conversations like we need to talk apologetics. Mm-hmm. But I assume because of our conversation, living out my life or just going to church, I assume they got it. But my twenty three year old is now at this point; he's kind of raising questions, mm. not like I did or like you, Rick. You know, oh, gee, what do I? Why do I believe this? It's more mm-hmm. like. Hey, Dad, I'm not sure I really believe that. And so now we're here we are having these conversations. And right. we're, we're, I will say this. We're having healthy conversations. It's not like he's antagonistic. He's very op- open to talk about it. Uh, we, we've, we have a good, strong communication there. But what I'm grieved about is I'm having to have these conversations now, whereas I should have had them mm. earlier before mm-hmm. he was confronted at his at his university with some of the views and stuff that's making him question things now. Right. 
I think from a parent standpoint too, even even today we can look at all these things and and we can shut down because like, man, I don't know anything about Islam. You know, I don't know anything about Hinduism. I don't know anything about Wicca. I don't know how to talk about that. I don't know how to even get into those subjects. And that's where resources like fortruth.net and karm.org and, and even the apologetic study Bible um, that is out. Um, there's a student version, an adult version of the uh, the apologetic study Bible. Um, and granted, there those go deep. I mean, there's mm-hmm. some stuff in there that I read, and I was like, whew. Um, but those are valuable tools and resources to help us to begin to get an understanding. If you really want to get an understanding of you know what is all involved with Islam and Hinduism and Wicca and, and different cults and world religions, the fortruth.net site is a great place to go and look and get an overview of what those different religious thoughts believe and how we can begin to talk about that with our kids. Um, I it's mean, my favorite site. Yeah. I think because, well, I mean, if you want to dive in deep, go to Norm Geisler or Josh McDowell and some of these and you know, you better know how to swim before you jump in there. <laughs> right. But fortruth.net, I really like that site, Rick, because it's it's condensed. It, mm. it kind of gets you in. You kind of wade in. Kind of makes sense. Yes, yeah. and it's it's. Uh, I, I'm thinking for those who are very uninitiated in apologetics, it is a great place to start. It yeah. is. It really is. And then you know, I've over the last several years have really become a fan of Ravi Zacharias and the things that that he talks about. Um, and his uh, he's got several different websites out there and podcasts. Um, listen to a bunch of his podcasts. Um, really make you stop and think. Um, one of his podcasts is called "Let My People Think," and it really is. I mean, it makes you stop and think about these issues. But he gives some really you know pretty easy to understand explanations of of some things. Um, And so those are good places for us to start. The last question in this whole unit for your students as they're dealing with this is, what do I do with all this apologetic stuff? Okay, parents are getting into all this stuff. What do we do with it? Is it just to read and learn? That's the issue. But It can either be head knowledge or something we live out. I referred earlier to Paul in Acts chapter 26 where he used the word about offering this defense. And it, it, once again, it is that same Greek word. But what I like about this picture is Paul is not having to defend some theology. He's defending his life, mm-hmm. which is grounded in the theology. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's like, okay, I, this is what I believe. It does impact our lives. Mm. And uh, to me, it's uh, they, they've kind of got to go hand in hand. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Kiefer, and I think the Bible said it refers to this, the First Peter three fifteen passage, where where uh, Peter said, "Always be prepared to give a, a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that you have. Right. Always be ready to give a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you." And I'm thinking, they're not going to ask you to give a defense for the the hope that you have if they don't see that hope lived out right, in right. you. That's a good point. If you're not talking about it. If you're not living it, yeah. yeah. Uh, if it's not out there, I mean, you're right, exactly. Well, there should be something different about our lives as Christians that would want people to, that would lead people to want to ask what's going on. You know, mm-hmm. I, I remember when I was in college and, you know, working in a restaurant uh, and the other waiters would like, you know, man, how come you're always so happy all the time? How come you're always singing? They recognize something was different. Man, that's a great opportunity to just, be able to to share. Unfortunately, that was during that period of my life when I was like, 
I recognized that, man, that's a great opportunity to share my faith, and then I didn't know what to say. Um, <laughs> I was living it out, but wasn't able to to defend that and back that up and be able to explain that. And that's part of what we're talking about is is living that out. And the next part of that passage in, in Peter talks about, but do it with gentleness, um, mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm not trying to beat you over the head. It's not it's not a militanistic kind of a, a thing. It's not, you know, we watch the news these days, and, and we see the whole militant aspect of Islam, um, and we begin to think, okay, well, that's what I'm supposed to do. You know, we're going to just beat people over the head with our Bibles, and that's not it at all. It's living it out, like Lynn said, that people see there's something different about me, and then and then being able just to just calmly and rationally explain, man, this is what's going on in my life. This is why I believe this is because of my relationship with Christ. Let me tell you about it yeah. um, and, and make it very natural. I know, Mike, that you know that's been a big deal for you and your family, just in your neighborhood of, right. of people seeing a difference and just naturally sharing with folks. Right, Yeah, and so, just... You know, I think, Rick, I think, too, I think more and more the way our world is going and the society that we live in, we're going to have more and more opportunities to have to say, this is what I believe. I mean, we don't have to. We can back up and shirk that responsibility. But I think we're going to be confronted more and more with, okay, which, where do you come down? You know, where, what do you really believe? And why do you really believe that? And I think if not for us, especially for our children, as they move out into the world, college, military, whatever, they're going to have more and more opportunities and more and more, for lack of a better word, confrontations about, oh, this is what you believe. Well, why do you believe that? Mike, let's run with that word confrontations for a minute because it's going to get back to the verse that Rick just referred to. You watch any of these news channels, and of course, politics, that's just the way they deal with things is confront. I mean, I say yeah. confront. It's angry. Yeah. We're just shouting at each other. And we don't need to approach, uh, talk about defending our faith with that same type of confrontational spirit. Mm-hmm. But Rick had referred to that Second uh, Peter three sixteen about gentleness and respect. And I think how do we – we can model that with our own kids at our homes – as we talk through these issues about why do, why do we believe what we believe, and just to, I have found it helpful just to ask questions mm-hmm. instead of me hauling a chalkboard to my <laughs> to, you know, to talk to my son and let me outline for you why all the existences of gods and all the teleological and all those right. ontological arguments, just to raise questions. You know, even uh, Socrates, the philosopher, he was not exactly a Christian, but how he taught yeah. his people was. He taught his students by just asking them questions and make make my people think. He made them think. Right. And so with our students, just to raise those questions, why do you believe that Jesus is the only way to God? Mm-hmm. And for us to ask those questions in the safety and the comfort of our homes, right. get them to thinking about it so that when they're sitting in a student center in a few years from now in a university and someone's asked that same question mm-hmm. but with antagonism, why in the world do you believe in the Son of God? Mm-hmm. They've already thought it through. But hopefully we've also modeled for them the gentleness and respect aspect. Right. That's good. Yep. Good point. Well, guys, as we're wrapping this one up, any last words to parents about this whole topic of apologetics? Um, I guess my last my, my last word would be, you know, don't be afraid of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, dig in and, and begin to explore. You know, when I first started thinking about apologetics, it freaked me out because I was like, I mean, that's a big thing. But sites, again, like fortruth.net help make that very tangible, and I can now access that and understand what I believe and why and be able to defend that. Yeah, I just think that's a good point. I just, you know, it's one click away on your computer to go and start t- trying to look at some of that. 
you know, so don't don't hesitate to do that. Get in there, dig in there, because I promise you, if you're your your student, your teenager, if he's not been confronted and not you know been questioned about that, it will come up. There will be some some places, some times, some opportunities where they're. Faith is going to be questioned. They're going to have to deal with that, and we need to help them be prepared and equipped to right. deal with that. Sure. And I, I think because we talk about this fear element, there's so much to know. When it comes to apologetics, we don't need to, well, no pun intended, we don't need to apologize for what we don't know. And <laughs> I right. think that's, that's a valid right. thing to say, right. you know, I don't know. But let me let me think on that. Let me dig on that mm-hmm. a little bit. I actually had a, 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 a it was in a Bible study situation where someone raised a question as we were going through a very difficult passage, uh, mm-hmm. Romans nine, and I, and I remember this question was asked, and I said, you know, I really don't know the answer to that, but let me dig on that. Mm-hmm. And she said, "Thank you for saying that because it makes me realize that when you do answer questions." You know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. That's good. So we don't have to snow our kids. They, they see through us anyway, yeah. parents. Yeah. Yeah. But just that, that, that there's a, some integrity, some honesty we need to Absolutely. have. Well, I would say, too, this is my, my next last word, um, <laughs> as parents that, you know, Mike talked about it's just one click away, and the, the Internet is so accessible in our homes to be able to help our kids understand these things. I know as a parent, I've sat down with my, with my son especially and reviewed song lyrics on the Internet and said, man, do you know what that song's talking about? Let's look mm-hmm. at the lyrics and pull them up. It's just easy to do that with these different world religions. Man, do you know what, you know, the basics of Islam? Let's take a look. Pull it up on fortruth.net and mm-hmm. look through that. Um, look through Wicca. Look through those things and have a basic understanding. goes a long way in helping you to be able to do that. So, Good point. Well, parents, thanks for joining us this month. Uh, Come back and join us again next month as we'll have a brand new topic for you. 